This is for the free thinkers, the curious beings that swim upstream, who see possibilities, not problems, that learn from the past, live by the present, and create the future. This is the I Love Ugly Audio Show. Welcome to the I Love Ugly Audio Show. I'm your host, Valenti Nozic. In this episode, I get interviewed by a brand manager, Declan. He asked me a bunch of questions around what I've been doing personally, how the brand has evolved, the challenges which we have encountered, and a bunch more wisdom has been shared that I've gathered in the last 12 months. I know you're going to like this, and I know probably a lot of you will be a bit shocked and surprised, but also intrigued about the stuff that I talk about on the episode because I've never spoken about it before. Please do me a favor and share and rate the episode if you do enjoy it. Thank you. All right, V, we've had a bit of demand after the amount of positive response we had to our last catch-up slash interview, whatever you want to call it. Um, So yeah, I thought we'd like to do another one, seeing as it's been a minute. Um, It's been about six months since we last talked, bro. Do you want to just give um, our listeners a bit of a rundown about what's been going on with your personal life and with I Love Ugly? You know, I know a lot of of stuff has happened in the past six months, a lot of exciting stuff, a lot of future stuff coming, so I'd love for you to just touch on it. Yeah, man, it's been a it's been a wild year. I definitely we were talking about it before, but I definitely say this year has been one of the fastest years. Definitely, I think I've ever experienced. Why that is, I'm not sure. I think maybe human beings are getting used to normal again. Yeah, and I think after all this kind of COVID kind of debacle, that's all kind of started to just settle down, and now it's back to the hamster wheeling of life. Hard out. Um, yeah, and also. Obviously, as I mentioned in the last episode, for me personally, I had a divorce at the beginning of the year, mm. and that was quite a, quite a massive shift and like quite a heavy thing to go through. Definitely. And they say that it's one of the, they say divorces are right up there with deaths, and I understand why because mm. it just takes like an emotional and psychological toll on you. At the same time, as well, it can also be a op- massive opportunity to reinvent who you are and what you are and what you represent, what's important to you, what your values are. Um, I also learned as well that when you go through those times of strife, the you know having having some purpose and the way in the form of goals or mm. what you want to achieve as well, I think is so vitally important because it gives you that it gives you that sense of pull in those moments and in those mornings when you just don't want to get up. 100%. And I think usually, usually people that are feeling you know depressed or whatever. You ask them what their purposes or what their goals are, and they just don't know. So I think that's it taught me a lot about that. And this year, a real big priority for me was just to kind of, you know, tighten tighten some things up at I Love Ugly. And this was a huge year for us, where we've probably grown around one hundred and twenty percent on last mm. year. You know, November just been we grew forty percent on November last year, and that was a astronomically huge number and this a big number a big percentage on a big number is a big number and i think this did that but also what comes with big numbers is also big logistical nightmares and challenges and problems but also at the same time as well it's like there are also blessings because there are also indications that you're moving forward so we had a lot of problems aka blessings um you know we just launched our debut woman's wear which really exceeded our expectations we just launched our fourth flagship store in wellington in the capital and vic street which was pretty cool because i had a little bit more time to do it and also i also enjoy you know doing stores as well because mm. you're tapping into that whole all the senses yep. which is also hard to achieve online uh you know we launched an app you know we've got you know 
over what 50 odd staff now that work for for the company at this right now there's about 75 just because of the influx of the yeah. seasonal trade yeah so it's, it's a lot you know it's hectic um and yet despite all this and the hecticness we're still trying to we're still striving forward about how to be better and i think that better never stops and better never sleeps i think there's a difference between like being satisfied and grateful um and then also and also kind of being complacent um but i also like to call it like blissfully dissatisfied so um i'm dissatisfied but i'm also in a very blissful state Mm. and very appreciative and grateful about where i am as well um and i just you know try to translate that through through my personal life and for and for the business so that's kind of a little bit of a little bit of a rundown a little bit of a synopsis of where I've been at personally, also with the company as well. Um, and I know a lot of people find that shit interesting for whatever reason. So that's where that's where I'm at. Yeah, totally. I, I can see the reasoning, especially behind the personal stuff, which is why I think we'll dive into the more business side of things a little bit later on. But what I'd really like to dive into is just like, you speak about um, having goals that kept you level while going through really tough times. And I think that's something that a lot of people can get value out of no matter their situation in life. Everyone's going to face something hard at some point. Um, can you just speak to like what kind of goals you had during that you know, really tumultuous time of earlier this year, you know, when you were going through a divorce and you were going through, like, like you said, days you didn't really want to get up, but you, you had something that would pull you to keep going? Yeah, I think my first goal was not to, um, not to give in to, you know, temptation like quick temptations like drugs alcohol you know pornography all that stuff Mm -hmm. where i knew it'd be like a quick it'll be a quick fix and Mm. a quick bit of of relief but i knew the after effects of that will be just very detrimental to myself and to my soul so that was my first goal to stay away from that stuff you know because that's a cliche it's a cliche way to to remedy you know when you go through tumultuous times but at the same time as well it's also the most destructive and the second was was just having little micro goals as well so i'm going to go for a walk at 10 o'clock you know i'm going to do my breathing at 9 a.m um i'm going to you know just little tiny little goals and the thing is is like when you start achieving the little tiny goals you start to feel better about yourself and Mm. it gives you it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy and then you start to get some real good put positive momentum and then when the inevitable you know wave of shitty emotions come you're better better equipped with um you know but but bit of self-worth and stuff like that because you know that you've crossed off xyz today you know you know you've done you know you've done done the work um and i think yeah that, those those were essentially my goals and then another goal after that was like was like cool i want to start to get back to work and you know mid-march mm-hmm. um and i want to just you know be able to work at least a 20-hour work week mm-hmm. that was a goal also not making any big big decisions as well because Making decisions when you're in an emotionally imbalanced state gives you a not you you probably won't yield a very good result because yep. decisions decisions are you know they take a lot of even though you may not be consciously aware they take a lot of processing power um, you're kind of tapping into a little bit of intuition you've got your analytical part of your brain is being switched on and I think that when you're in a shitty emotional state a lot of that stuff just shuts down 
and um and then as i said you just yield a real real shit 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 result so i also i also just didn't make any big decisions and i left the big decisions to the people around me and at the same time it gave them an opportunity like yourself or whatnot to to really step up and then um and then after that it was just like okay a goal of mine is to be happy and it's just like okay what do i need to do to what do i need to do to be happy and i think that should be a goal of every human being because you Mm. can have human beings where on paper externally everything is looking like it's going on for them right now Mm -hmm. but little do we know if they want to wrap their car around the power pole their Mm -hmm. porsche or their ferrari around their power pole because they're fucking miserable and i think there's nothing worse than seeing a rich quote-unquote rich or successful person that's depressed because they've got all the resources you know externally but then they haven't actually taken inventory of the most important resources which is the internal world so that was another one and i feel like i've really achieved that and i think uh, it's also quite humbling and also it's quite just fascinating how you can go through and people have been through worse shit for me but just for the purpose of this conversation you can go through something really you know really heavy mm-hmm. and 12 months later you can come out being a better 2.0 version of yourself yeah and human beings have this ability to that's a fucking cool thing is we have the ability to reinvent ourselves to rewire ourselves you know there's a thing called neuroplasticity which is a part of your brain which you know bunch bunch of different habits and um for what what you say to yourself and the stuff that you say to yourself and the stuff that you let into your mind can actually remold you like plastic yeah and um i just kind of i just I, I just tapped into all of that and um, so yeah, that's a bunch of my goals. So it wasn't anything very specific. There was a, I had like a financial goal for the business, mm-hmm. and I was actually looking at that this morning, and we mm-hmm. wrote it down. I had a whole bunch of personal goals in January when I was going through all this crap. I had just one day. Um, I had about twelve days where I felt like I couldn't even get out of my room, you know. And I had just one, probably moment, one hour within those twelve days where I felt like a state of euphoria. And it was after I, I did a float, like a sensory deprivation float yep. chamber. Yep. I did one in uh, a local place called Titarangi. I did one there and then I just had this euphoria and a sense of clarity afterwards that everything will be okay. Although it was only temporary, lasted for an hour, I still had it, so I latched onto it. And in that moment, I wrote down, like ferociously, I just wrote down a whole bunch of goals that I want to achieve. Physical, mental, spiritual, in, my, in, in a relationship, um, what I want in a relationship mm-hmm. when I'm ready for a relationship um what i want you know physically what i want to feel when i wake up what i want to feel like on a day-to-day basis the state i want to live in and i just ripped that shit down um ferociously and then i just basically was looking at it so i was really programming myself by looking at it a couple times a day in the morning there's sometimes where i was probably looking at it 12 times a day so when i felt really off track and even though i maybe didn't feel it like in my gut i was still looking at it Mm -hmm. and it was becoming hardwired into me hard-coded into me and that's um that's something everybody has those those abilities Um, by me doing that i'm not special i'm a freak like i love to go (laughs) deep on myself and i love to just try to figure out myself but those are those are tools readily available tools that are available for everyone and are super effective like you know super super effective and i know that you know there's some more shit that i'm gonna have to deal with in my life and i'll just keep circling back to this stuff yeah. um but yeah I ho- hopefully that answers your question but I, I it's really scary we've been talking about it before off mic when you write something down you actually got to be careful what you ask for and put out there mm-hmm. to the world and to yourself because if you're committed to that and if you actually believe that 
then there's a high, high chance that it's going to come come true. Mm-hmm. It could come true really fucking fast, and it can also come true really slow. Mm. But I think the end result, in, in the end, it, it does come true in one one way, shape, or form. Absolutely. Um, just on that kind of like topic of just timelines, do these goals that um, you set, you know, you said you went to the sensory deprivation tank, you wrote down a whole bunch of goals. Did you kind of attach timelines and schedules to these goals as well? Or is it more kind of like just, just vaguely one day in the future? Yeah, I think some stuff I did, like I did for a, you know, like a relationship one, yeah. which is crazy because the the odds of that happening, are, there's so many, there's millions of different factors, mm. you know, I had a timeline for that. Um, I had a timeline for, you know, the, the revenue and the profitability, which I want the company to, to produce. I had a timeline for when we want to launch women's wear, mm-hmm. which once again is like, oh yeah, women's wear, cool, that's easy, make women's wear. <laughs> it's almost like an entire new company, yeah. new sub-brand. And we were talking before we launched in October. I think my goal was to launch in November. We launched in October. Yep. And, um, you know, we've already sold three and a half thousand units mm. in six weeks which is which is which is amazing um and then there's a whole bunch of stuff and they kind of had some arbitrary you know like airy fairy kind of timeline it's like i will be but all i what i one thing i do know is the more specific you are mm-hmm. the better as well because once again you're almost time stamping it i want to achieve x by x time yeah i think if you're like if you're vague then you get you just vagueness produces vagueness you know it produces like it's just a little bit ambiguous i think you want to be clarity is power because then you're like you start to you know if you're looking at your goals every day or every other day or once a week or whatever and you set a timeline for say february next year um and you know it's important to you and you haven't started and you're at that timeline then you're going to start getting your ass into action if you Mm -hmm. don't have a timeline then doesn't matter it's just like you know even when we opened our new shop in in wellington like our big big mega mega shop it's like we set ourselves a timeline even though it was ambitious and the chances of it weren't of, of it happening were pretty you know one would deem it as as not attainable it just because of yep. it was tight just because of like contractors and carpenters and welders are so under the pump right now mm-hmm. but just put it out there and we got it out there and fortunately the guy that we got had all the contacts and everyone yep. gave him a favor and and then I knew on my mind when I wanted to get done, so I was putting pressure on them subconsciously, and then that kind of it got done. But yeah, I think clarity is clarity is massively powerful. Mm. That's one thing I'd really, really recommend to anyone that is writing goals. Just put down a timeline, yeah. Because um, otherwise it's just vague and you don't prioritize it. When you when you actually do achieve one of these goals, do you take a moment to reflect and just like kind of congratulate yourself, a pat on the back, or or is it just kind of on to the next one? Yeah, I do, I do, and it's also. What I do is I become addicted to crossing it off. Mm-hmm. I just love that. It's like yeah. a, it's not really like a patting yourself on the back. It's just like this little moment of euphoria, mm-hmm. and you're like, "Fuck yeah, cool." Because when I wrote this, it was almost like it seemed so far fetched at the time, but um, but once you achieve it, it's like, "Yeah, man, awesome." And it also just once again, it just activates that whole reward system in your brain mm-hmm. and reminds you that this shit is real. Yep. You know, this stuff, this stuff works. Um, yeah, one can deem it as all voodoo and hippie and all this stuff, but man, it, it works. Like yeah. prior to this podcast, we just had an interview with Tom Guild, you know, uh, super super successful videographer, photographer, filmmaker, um, you know, probably arguably one of the most talented creatives in the country and the stuff that he's achieved and, 
you know, the, the caliber of people that he's got on his roster that he's spent time with, like Action Bronson and Ralph Lauren and, you know, uh, Travis Scott and all those, like, he's he spoke about the same thing. He may be not as conscious and as, like, you know, formulate, formulaic as myself, but he still does it. And yeah. I think it's, once again, proof in the pudding and you and me are talking off mic. It's like everyone that is interviewed on this, they all do this, mm. you know? This is like the quote-unquote the secret, but it's not a secret. Mm. Yeah. It's yeah. like a secret. It's a known, knowingly well-known secret that uh, a lot of people don't use because they just don't believe it yeah. and if you pair really basic concepts with belief i think um you can have some super effective results take place within your own life 100 percent um a little bit earlier you were just talking about you know some of your first goals after you went through a really tough time in life was just to avoid the traps in life right the alcoholism the smoking weed you know some it might be video games like, was this difficult for you as someone who already had, like, a really solid foundation of, you know, self-development and habits? It wasn't difficult. Um, it wasn't difficult to avoid. Mm-hmm. But uh, at the same time, it's also very easy to do. Yeah. And once you do it and you feel good, mm-hmm. you realize how difficult it is not to do it. Yeah. So that's why I knew, because I know myself very well, and I knew that the best thing to do was just not even have one taste of beer yeah. or one drop of alcohol or one puff of marijuana because yeah. I would feel really good. Yeah. And um, and I know that would be a slippery slope because I'd become addicted to that feeling. Because yeah. you, when you feel so shit, you do anything to feel good. And um, and it's so easy to get something. If you, can, if you can swallow a pill or have a sip of something and it makes you feel, smoke something and it makes you feel good, um, it's very easy to, to, to it's very very difficult not to do it yeah very easy to pick up a bad habit and I'd, I'd struggle with uh around when i was 24 i'd struggled with addiction before when i first started i first started um kind of i love ugly and i had this little two-year-old daughter and i opened up my first shop and i felt the stress and the pressures mm. of and the realities of life and and a business and um that was my that was my vice like coding and uh marijuana junk food shit tv yeah that was that was my vice but it was also uh it was also one of the most destructive pathways i could have picked as well because i i literally imploded and i i, I almost had a breakdown and I, yeah. I i actually you know many many times i wanted to fully you know drive into a brick wall because i couldn't i, I couldn't handle the pressure mm. and i i that was hardwired into me as well and i just knew that i just knew that Okay, the best thing for me to do is just stay away. Mm. I had one beer. I remember it was like eight months or seven months after I had one beer, like half a beer, and mm. I felt really fucking good. And I was like, nah, no more. I tipped the rest out. Wow. Yeah. And that actually made me, I'd almost like wired myself to feel guilty. Yeah. But now don't get me wrong, I have a beer and stuff like yeah. that because I know I'm in an emotionally stable state. Yeah. Um, but I know that I know that if yeah, if you're and it's everyone's different, right? But I know me. Yeah. And um and probably a lot of people are like me as well. I'm the same. Yeah. Well, yeah. And a lot of people, a lot of people just take this stuff every day, any every any, any like most days anyway. Mm-hmm. And um for them, it probably if I'd have to go to the heart, even the harder stuff, you know. So yeah. I think it's just I definitely think life's better without it. 
but yeah. at the same time as well it's like life's also about balance as well totally. it's good to enjoy it's good to enjoy some drinks it's good to like smoke some weed and yeah. if you want to do some shrooms or if get you want creative, to yeah. yeah get creative man just use it as almost like a tool yeah. rather than a vice or a form of escape yeah totally and and i think we really live in a generation um surrounding itself with escapism and you know uh, instant gratification um and one thing i'm trying to be more conscious of lately or just trying to implement more in my life is this concept of like being bored mm. and like learning to be bored and trying to find almost satisfaction out of just doing boring mundane tasks Agree. and just trying to you know live life as it is without yeah. you know having to check tiktok or youtube or you know like say drink alcohol or smoke weed um did you also kind of like experience having to just be bored like throughout this last year any definitely man definitely that's such a such a good point bro and i think boredom is um I think more people should try to experience boredom because mm-hmm. um, at the same time, boredom is good because what it does is like you have no distractions and then it starts to reveal the real you. Mm-hmm. And then it also, if you don't like that real you, you've either got two choices. You've got one choice to fill the boredom once again with distractions or confront that part of you that you don't like. And even another thing that I really avoided kind of going back to your earlier question was uh, actually just woman, like dating mm-hmm. woman. You know, you go from being around someone so intertwined to not that really exposes your your insecurities your demons yep. like i know you you know had something kind of not not quite like me but you're yeah go you know, from a relationship to yeah, being alone alone for a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah yeah and it exposes a lot of insecurities in you and i think for me is like i naturally wanted to start dating yeah but i didn't and as soon as i did i felt really fucking good mm. but then um but then i because you know you're feeling confident mm-hmm. and euphoric and the fuzzies but then you're like nah man all this is doing is this is just another form of alcohol another cover-up so i basically killed that and then i uh i forced myself to be bored to be alone and to do the work and um it's one of the best best things i did the most difficult and hardest things i did but the most necessary things because it sets a great foundation for the next phase of your life yeah and i reckon a lot of people i've seen a lot of people go through some tough times or whatever and they never did the work you know, they, they, they jumped into the relationship, they jumped into the drugs, they didn't do the self-reflection. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they just picked up horrible habits and now they're, they're a worse version of themselves. Or they've got a whole bunch of kind of demons within them that live in them that mm-hmm. are still kind of taking hold of of who they are in their, their everyday lives where it's like actually you should have done that shit earlier and slayed that dragon and freed yourself from that stuff so that was a that was another another thing you know and i think now it's great and also just my my actual alcohol that i did choose was was running yeah um yeah it was it was epic man running yeah running yeah how's yeah. that going for you, you, you oh, i stopped now because i had to i had a knee injury and that right. was another frustrating thing as well yeah. it's like you know you, you you get this outlet and it's like a healthy healthy outlet but yeah. then you get um you know and then but then you get stuck with an injury and you can't do it so it's yeah. okay what's the next thing it's just like it's and this is life right yeah. you kind of get on this real great train of momentum and then something happens yeah. and it's just like okay you got to adapt and just understand that it's just life and just get on your horse and off you go and on to the next thing definitely are you kind of like eyeing up the next hobby whether it's like jujitsu or something like that yeah something in me i think it's real important like and I, i'm probably i'm hypocritical in saying this now but i'd love to pick up some form of like like whether it be a martial art or something mm-hmm. and i think it's important for males i think you know men especially is 
Uh, I read in a book recently that by they reckon by 2050, majority of men are going to be infertile. Wow. And I think that's from a lack of sunshine, mm-hmm. lack of being outdoors, lack of moving the body, lack of just that, you know, just getting rough and tumbled. And competition, bro. Competition, yeah. man. The competitiveness, that kind of competitive streak within us Hard is up. innate in human beings, especially for males because we're full of testosterone. But yeah. since we're doing this, this like stagnant, lifestyle which we're living it's just suppressing that part of us which is essentially that is our life you know that's our it's it's, it's like a hormone that makes us different and, and and feel alive yeah and um and i think that that's that's super important you know i grew up with four brothers and mm. we spent our, all our youth wrestling mm-hmm. you know living and playing in the vineyard you know slicing our arms open from broken <laughs> glass and fucking broken backs and yeah, yeah. knees and you know, but that's that stuff. So healthy man, you yeah. see now nowadays, kids are just like inside all day. It's oh. like a beautiful day, and they're playing Xbox. They yeah. eat shit food out of the packet, and all that stuff is like it doesn't actually bring life to you. It sucks life out of you. Yeah. And I think you know, like a like a martial art. Like I, I think it's just an amazing, amazing thing to pick up. Whatever that looks like, I don't know right now, but it's definitely something that's kind of lingering in me. And the cool thing is, is like. You know, it's never, never too late. Yeah, bro. I mean, like me personally, in my personal experience, um, like I've been boxing on and off since I was probably 16. And, um, you know, I've gotten back into it just recently. And it's like, you know, when, when you just can just spar and do pads and hit a bag, you're just releasing something that just feels very like um, natural mm. and like almost like prehistoric. And yeah. You're letting something out of you and you just come home feeling good. Definitely. And that, that kind of stays with you throughout the weeks. And um, yeah, I really think it is just that need for like a bit of competition, a bit of like male competition. Yeah. It's just innate within us, you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. And it's almost like, unfortunately, you know, we live in a society today where it's almost like if like we've been taught to suppress that innate mm. um, desire to rough and tumble. And, yeah, masculinity. Yeah, masculinity. But I think when you have the balance of masculinity with femininity, it's like a beautiful combination. Mm-hmm. And you can have like, um, and it should be embraced, you know? Like it's, I don't know, there's, there's certain laws of nature and man, you probably, whole people probably cringe when I say this, but there's certain rules in nature. It's not, men aren't superior. It's not what I'm saying. But men have certain roles within life and within, you know, within society, just as women do. It's just like I see there's, 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 there's a womanly touch with my children and this compassion and this love that I can't emulate as a, as a man and a father um, that, say, like, their mother can, that their mother gives them. But at the same time as well, it's like I also can give them something that she can't give them, which is, like, you know, just a bit more, like, just that, just a bit more guidance and fatherly advice and sticking up for themselves and almost that form of protection, um, the, the confidence. Not saying it a female, but it's, it's just different. You know mm, what I mean? Different energies. Bro. Yeah, yeah, very different, different energies. energies. And it's also at the same time as well, there's also men that are far too masculine um, that need to be in touch with their feminine side. And I think it's like, you know, as a man, that's one thing I've really learned is like I, I constantly operated in my state of masculinity always thinking with my head my logical mm-hmm. part of my brain and as a result of it you know i was always so goals orientated and outcome orientated and i was methodical in all what i do and as a result of it i kind of lost touch with that that heart some stuff that doesn't make sense um some stuff that you just feel rather than think and i think people think too much and they forget to feel but i think it's important to have a really nice 
combination of, of, of the two. And um, I've, yeah, I've been kind of in some, in some ways, like there's been layers that have been stripped away from me. So I'm now feeling more of my heart and I'm more mm -hmm. in tune with like some emotions that have probably been suppressed because I've been living too much of my masculinity, but it actually feels quite liberating as well to be able to experience those feelings and be in tune with them. And that way, like, you know, you go into, <clears throat> you go into a situation or you can go into a new relationship or you can meet someone and you've got like such a nice, there's a nice balance. Your polarity, still, bro. Polarity, yeah, yeah, exactly. There's still exact. There's still you, but at the same time, there's like a bit of a more, yeah, a different, more, um, yeah, just a different version of you as well. Yeah, 100%. You know, and just kind of like interestingly on this topic of um, masculinity, like I Love Ugly in itself has always been a traditionally menswear brand and it has kind of like embraced that more masculine aspects of men's clothing and men's lifestyle you know it's kind of centered itself around nice watches and you know maybe a bit of boxing and you know sports football um and now we're kind of like making this journey into women's wear and, and i'm just really curious like has it kind of gone how you predicted it would have in like terms of reception from the customer base and just visually how you thought it would look yeah um and do you mean by the fact now that we've introduced women's wear yeah yeah it's just such, yeah. A, such a new step for the brand well i think the, the the irony in it was women were attracted to the brand purely based on it just being a menswear brand yeah, definitely um and then as soon as we kind of add the 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 woman's element it just felt natural mm -hmm. the whole way through and i think the cool thing about i love ugly it wasn't about you know we made products for men yes woman ended up loving it but they also loved the whole philosophy behind the band mm -hmm. and what it represented and what it stood for and the cool thing about that is it's it, it's not like you can have you know once we start doing dresses and skirts and you know uh, crop tops for women and singlets and stuff like that it's just like um you can you can add that from a product perspective but they still resonate with what the overall brand represents and, yeah you know we represent a movement and a frame of mind and a state of mind and a philosophy of life and an outlook of life and all the stuff that we're talking about here on the podcast it's like that's what we represent so it doesn't matter if it's a man or a woman yeah um it doesn't it doesn't matter it's that's just true. a it's a psychographic and that was a cool thing like i was a little bit once again i was in my head about it mm -hmm. like how's it going to work like we've done men this whole time and all the men are they going to are they going to feel like <laughs> you know we're kind of like now isolating them is it going to be all in this kind of weird kind of confusing movement that's going mm -hmm. on now and i think that um we yeah just i don't know we just started doing it just like everything right we just ate our own cooking took our own advice and we just mm -hmm. started doing we figured stuff out we kind of you know carefully planned and we're like let's let's start to kind of dabble with it and we know that it's going to slowly progress let's just have faith that it's going to be sweet and um you know it's all going to turn out great and it, and, and it has and i think the the progression of introducing a woman's wear was pretty pretty seamless eh? yeah, and there's definitely. quite a you know it's probably what in the office now there's probably 60 percent woman easily probably more you're yeah, probably more um yeah and then obviously a lot of those women are, are being part of these these this, this project yeah. and they're having a natural touch on it all i'm kind of doing is just overlooking it and molding it that it's not going in a, in a silly direction but i think it's also really cool that without saying much um because the, the the essence of the brand is so powerful 
that a lot of people can come on board and they can pick up mm. what the brand is and represents and just put that into a female context, mm. which is pretty cool. That's pretty powerful. And there's no reason why we can't do that in any other other categories as well, which we which we will do. 100%. And when you say it's more of like a psychographic, um, yeah, that, that couldn't be more true. You know, like I'll just look through our orders every now and then and just see what's coming through if we're having a good day or a slow day or whatever. And um, for example, today was our first women's wear drop of the month. Um, we had our first release last month and now it's the December collection. And a lot of the women's wear orders are coming alongside men's wear. Like yeah. there'll be, you know, some women's wear pieces bought with like a small box hood from our men's wear range. And it's like, we, we had a bunch of women's cu- women customers before we even released women's wear. Yeah. And I think that's just a testament to what you were saying about, we put out so much content about self-development and, you know, bettering yourself. And, and it's, it's a psych- psychographic, not, not limited to men. Mm, I agree, man. And uh, the funny thing is, is we've even got some men buying some of a woman's stuff. Oh, yeah, and it actually definitely. looks like, I was like, oh, that's going to be whack. But it's actually, some of it looks dope because yeah. it doesn't look like, it's not by, like by dressing like females. They're just expressing themselves and it just yeah. looks good. Yeah, new it's cuts. Like, yeah, new, new cuts. New it's, it's interesting. But the cool thing as well is like when you got this woman's wear element coming through as well, it actually inspires the men's and then vice versa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool, man. And I think, you know, we've we've done podcasts and we've done non-garment type. I love Iglesias released non-garment products for years. Mm-hmm. Like we've done, you know, mugs and cups and scented candles and colognes and that just apply art prints. That applies to so many different mm. people, and people really get on board with that. Um, but I think, yeah, definitely the natural, the, yeah, the, the natural. It was a natural progression to begin doing actual women's wear stuff, like properly designed. And it's, um, I, you know, I do foresee it to take over men's wear probably in the next maybe 12, 18 months. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And you know, we talk about it like it was a very seamless thing because it was just operationally and you know, like aesthetically. But it, it, nonetheless, it was a massive step for the brand. And just like, how long do you think that had been, um, you know, in the works? And how, how far ago did you see it coming? I saw it coming probably four years ago. Um, but as I said, I was too caught up in my head around mm-hmm. how it would work. Yeah. But I also forgot the golden rule. It's just like sometimes you need to begin for all you actually to see the, what it's going to look like. Because mm. um, you can talk about stuff all the time, but until you begin, you don't know what it's actually going to look like. You know, I had the vision and um, but then also I had to convince my, you know, my business partner at the time as well. Yeah. Uh, I had to convince him and then he made a good point because he comes from a very operationally minded background where it's just like, we're not even doing the main thing right, which mm. is the menswear. Like, let's get our supply chain right. Let's get our distribution right, our yeah. systems, all of that. And in the last three years, you know, we've grown compounded year on year, 100%, 120% on that year, mm-hmm. 140% on that year, massive growth. So it was like 380%. You know, we got in a few months ago, we were the 19th fastest growing company in the country. Um, and we were the only apparel retailer on that list. Everyone mm-hmm. else was tech and yep. digital. We yep. were the only actual physical tangible. That's crazy. And, um, and, we, but we had a system built and then it's before you kind of, before you start jumping to the next thing, I think it's really important to optimize what the, the current thing, you know, get that, get that firing. We got all our systems, we, you know, got a, some amazing people. We switched up our supply chain. Yeah. Um, yeah. We got our warehousing right. Still not perfect, but mm. it's, it's miles ahead what it was. And in that way, when we did women's wear, it's like a real natural, we didn't let 
we knew that systems and logistics weren't going to be the deterrent of it being a success. Mm. It was more around our imaginations and how, how, how well and how great we can make this thing. Because a lot of people as well, mm. they also have the opposite problem where they've got the vision, they've got the ideas, that's not the problem. Yep. The actual execution of that, bring it to market, that's the biggest problem. Yep. We don't have that problem anymore. Yep. You know, we sold, we just moved something like 50,000 50, units in November alone. Um, that's a lot of pieces out there in the market. But to, to, to be able to bring that into fruition and to make that happen, there's a lot of steps involved to make that happen from the cash flowing, the planning side. You got to make good product for yep. people want to buy that. You got to market it well. You got to be able to fulfill the orders. You need to be able to like have the systems, the retail, the retail staff, the leases. Like mm -hmm. there's a shit ton that goes into that to make that, to bring it into fruition. Um, and that takes time. And like now we've built, you know, we've kind of built that system so we can just layer that with. It's essentially our imagination yeah, can, can go wild a little bit a little bit a little bit on a tangent there but no nah, i like yeah. it because um you know something that will happen often is like we're in a meeting discussing something maybe design related or relates to a photo shoot or something and sometimes that's my entire brain is consumed by this creative thing and it's got room for nothing else and then you know someone from operations or production will walk past and ask you a question about something completely random you'll just have an answer for them like that and i'm just thinking how do you have your mind in all these different aspects of the business at all times and you know staying on top of it it seems like a superpower almost yeah i think it's just learned right it's like you know that old saying it's like learning to drive like a like a stick shift car mm. like a car with gears it's yeah. like you need to clutch you need to be able to read the engine so what gear to put it in yeah you know the accelerator blah 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 and i think it's the same with say say business it's like mm. um yeah, you just, I don't know, you just, but sometimes that can also be very fatiguing as well. It's like, seems like it, yeah. yeah now, I'm at, now I'm at a point where I'm actually spending more time working from home um, so I can actually have the ability to think deep, deeply, and think uh, in the future without actually being disruptive and being very quite sacred of my time as yeah. well. And I also know that, like, we've also, as human beings, we've got certain bandwidth. And there's mm. certain hours in the day where it's just like you can have some pretty profound ideas mm -hmm. that come through. So I'm very, very protective of those times. But then there's other times where it's just fucking carnage and you just got to get on with it. Yeah. But yeah, man, you just, you just rough. You just, it's like, sweet, there's a problem here, sweet as, and this and that. And I've been doing this for nearly 15 years coming mm. up next year. So you get pretty good at something when you've done it yeah. for 15 years. And there's that 10,000 hour rule. I've probably done like 50,000 hours. Um, yeah, you used to get good, man, and it's just become second nature. Yeah. Yeah, it's just second nature. And you just know, you know, it's like a domino effect, the cool thing. And this is just, that's why I love business because it's a metaphor of life. It's just yeah. like, you know that if you make this decision here and it could be like planning, could be planning of some units. And if you make that decision there, it's going to affect something down mm. here nine months later down the track. And uh, you just start to... I don't know, start to piece it all together and you just start kind of connecting the dots and everything starts, you know, working in harmony. Mm, just yeah. like life. It's just like life, man. Yeah. 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 Um, you, so obviously women's wear was a, a massive part of um, this past six months, just kind of what we touched on before. But you also kind of grazed over um, the new store opening, you know, in, in the capital of New Zealand, Wellington, Victoria Street. It's probably the biggest Isle of Ugly store I've 
ever set my eyes on. Yeah. Um, you know, LA was a bit before my time. But um, obviously taking lessons from the past, we're taking growth a bit more seriously and calculated now. Um, do you kind of just want to talk about like how different was opening this store compared to the store that you opened in LA? Yeah, I think the biggest difference was when I opened up previous stores, say like LA, is um, I think it was a big leap too early. It was probably mm. the right thing to do, but probably the wrong time. Yeah, yeah. And doing the what you think is the right, right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing essentially mm -hmm. so i think with la is like kind of did it and i just knew deep down that like the business was a mess mm -hmm. you know and it wasn't structured and there wasn't some good processes in place right just didn't have it and it also couldn't operate without me mm -hmm. and i think the big difference between now and say la what was that 2015 yeah. was um today it can operate the business can operate without me mm-hmm I can disappear for six months and it'll, it'll work, yeah. it'll operate. But that's taken years to get to that point. So therefore, when I did LA, it's like just there's no processes, there's no budget, there's no real strategy as, as such. Mm -hmm. um, you know, all the boring shit involved in retail and opening shops wasn't taken care of. Mm -hmm. So therefore, you can have this beautiful store that looks like a work of art, but the function of it is not there. Therefore, mm -hmm. it's a, a failure. The difference between that and this, and also that whole debacle, you know, that whole exercise of opening LA, setting up a company in America, and we also did Melbourne and Sydney that year. That cost that cost say like a million dollars. Wow. That we didn't have. Yeah. Oh no, we did have it, but like that we couldn't lose. Yeah. You know, definitely. but we we lost it. This time around, it's just like you open up a store. And the first thing, or when you're about to open up a store or do a big project, you ask yourself, okay, what is, okay, these are the upsides, this, 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 cool, sweet as, but what's the actual downside? And this is mm. the same, this is how I'd approach all decisions in life. It's like, this is a downside. Okay, cool. If the actual downside happens, can I live with it? Mm. It's like, mm, yeah, okay, it's going to suck for a little bit, but I can, I can live with it. Okay, what's the likelihood of it happening? Uh, you know, maybe 50%, like, you know, because we got we got two Wellington stores, we've also got another Wellington yep. store, and I I predicted worst case that the other Wellington store would drop in revenue by fifty percent, mm -hmm. which is drastic. But that's worst case. Yeah, worst case. Can we live with that? Is it going to still be profitable? Is it going to wash its face? So we're going to still be able to keep the employees. Blah mm -hmm. blah blah. And uh, yep, 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 yep. All checked out. So that gave me confidence. And then when we opened up this Welly store, I think you even came down with me, right? Were you there? I came down before we opened it. Before we yeah, opened, yeah, yeah. just to check it, and check I was like, yeah, 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 this is uh, this is great. Everything kind of looks good, works good, but there's still an element of risk and this huge element of the unknown. Yeah. And you also need to, you also need to like have vision. Because when we saw it, it was like an X, it's a competitor's oh, store. Yeah. It was an old competitor's <laughs> store. It looked like fucking shit. It looked <laughs> like a vape shop, you know? And it's like, okay, how can I look beyond this? Yeah. But also not let the current state of the situation deter me from actually seeing what my vision would look like. Yeah. So you've got a whole bunch of elements going on where you're measuring downsides, you're measuring upsides, and then you're also trying to vision what it's going to look like when it's finished, mm -hmm. and then kind of hope to God that what you're envisioning in your mind is actually going to look good. Totally. And then, uh, and then you do it, and then also the, the difference now is like we had this infrastructure behind us. Mm. We had. You know, amazing people like Jamie managing the project, and then 
Um, and in that way, I could purely focus on the experience side mm-hmm. of it as well. Whereas last time when I opened up LA, I was doing everything. I was yeah. trying to sort out, you know, the internet, uh, the point of sale system, mm-hmm. the, you know, trying to do a profit and loss for, mm-hmm. you know, what the store, whether or not it'd be profitable, the marketing, the fit out, dealing with the project managers mm-hmm. and then all of it, all of that other crap. But um, so that's, that's, that's a major difference as well. And also another major thing was the emotions. Opening a new shop is almost like doing a reno on your house. As soon as you let emotions creep in or the logic jumps out the window and all of a sudden you blow on your budget by a hundred grand. Yeah. And it's just like, but you blow on it on something that a customer doesn't give a fuck about. It's <laughs> yeah. not going to m- move the needle. Totally. Um, uh, so I've learned to block out those emotions, you know, just mm-hmm. block, block out the emotions and just come from it, come at it from a pragmatic point of view, but still make it, you know, still make it beautiful and nice. Yeah. And, um, yeah things like that so yeah absolutely i know you're really um passionate about you know giving the customer all senses when dealing with the brand yeah and um you know do you feel like you were able to achieve this with the new victoria street yeah definitely i think so but i also learned a lot as well yeah um but i think so definitely and i I was i was really trying to get the board on team but sorry the team on board with that yeah and it's just like because the thing is is like if you can as a as a brand um or as you know and that can be a personal brand it can be if you're a photographer or um or you've got a little clothing brand or a big clothing brand if you can have something and people come in and the sound is right mm-hmm. like the the sound of a stereo and you've got a certain genre of music mm-hmm. and then the temperature is good and then it smells real real good and then everything's merged really well like the visuals it's like all of a sudden you're combining you know all five sensories you're creating this powerful cocktail of, of emotions mm-hmm. and creating this experience. And for whatever reason, people are there and are like, oh, I like being here. Yeah. Like this just feels different. They don't know it's why. They don't know why. Yeah. But what we, we know why is because we've designed all those different elements of, of the senses and the experience. And yeah. I think that um, that's important. It's always been impo- you know, important to me. And I, I didn't just make this stuff up. I just learned this from a book and I started mm-hmm. to apply it. And I was like, that makes sense. Yeah. And then you see some other stores and they don't do it. And you notice a massive <laughs> difference. difference. Yeah. Even just shitty music, like even that proved that the brand that was in there prior, like they had like the most crap music. And I'm like, dude, like, yeah, it's like, this is 101 stuff, you know? Yeah. And that's why even us, like we're very staunch on music. And mm. music is going a little bit on a tangent here, but music is... A powerful way to evoke emotions yeah and um you know in my weekends and when i'm around my kids and just by myself like i've found myself as of late listening to more music than listening to say podcasts and stuff because mm. it just makes me feel good man yeah. yeah and i'm just at a stage of my life where i just like feeling good and yeah and music music really stimulates stimulates those those senses and emotions it's such a pure form of entertainment as yeah, well man. yeah yeah but also at the same time, you got to be careful. Some music, like, like I don't know, some of this old rap, it's like can be real derogatory, and you know, you got to just be real, real careful. Be conscious of what you're be listening conscious, to because the lyrics yeah. can make an impact on your totally, mind. Totally, man. Totally consciously. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, um, something I was really stoked to see um, in the new store is just kind of like the return of art to Isle of Ugly and the brand. And I think you've become a bit more passionate lately within the last year about picking up on your art. 
And um, if I'm correct, you even did the chalk mural yourself in, yeah. the, in the new store. You kind of went down there and just drew it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I um, I think Wellington's such a creative city. It's kind of fruity. There's a lot of different people out there, which is amazing, you know, which makes it unique. And I think the current, all our current stores are so packed. There's no room for the art to breathe. And the thing is, is like Isle of Ugly was built off art. Like it was my art on t-shirts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really wanted that to shine through for the store. So I kind of sacrificed wall, sacrificed wall space where stock would go on it for mm-hmm. art. And um, I just felt, you know, art, especially when you, you know, when you go for a shakeup in your life, like for me anyway, personally, I kind of gravitate towards being creative. And for mm-hmm. me, art is my, that's my medicine. And that's my, when I'm, when I want to be in solitude and I want to kind of go in a deep meditative state, I, I, I gravitate towards art. Yeah. But at the same time, it just takes, it takes time. Like you need to carve out time. And um, so for the store, I really wanted to do that. So yeah, I did a, did a mural and I did a couple of pieces and I just thought about the little details. But the real cool thing about it was when we were doing it or when I was doing it or when I just finished it, you'd have people walk past like you in the front, like every every other store surrounding store in our on on victoria street in wellington has mannequins in the window mm-hmm. we're the only store that doesn't have mannequins we've got a light box with art on it yeah that's you know right. it's, it's ambiguous it's intriguing it draws you in yeah um and i wanted to do that i want and that's what isle of ugly is was we're different you know we zig when everyone zags mm-hmm. we have a black sheep we go against the grain you know we've a we don't settle for this cookie cutter existence and i really wanted that to somewhat be representative in, in this shop and i think art was a great way of doing that and it was like an expression of me um and you know this is you know this brand was birthed from was born from me doing art so i really wanted that to be representative in the store and the cool thing was you'd have people come past and then the art on the light box would draw them in and then they just look at this art for like i just got and was just looking at it for like 10 minutes <laughs> just looking at it just wow. almost mesmer- mesmerized and i was like oh what are you thinking and he's like who did this and i was like uh i did it and he's like wow i could just look at this all day wow and i'm like yeah. fuck that's cool and he's like what does it mean i was like it can mean whatever you want it to mean yeah yeah and i just did that and then you know the other part was like more abstract and that was all right you know there's this other piece and i did i did it till like three four o'clock in the morning and it kind of made me feel those old days the early Mm. days where i had to do art at three four o'clock in the morning or i had to do the t-shirt prints or the designs because that was the only bit of time i had you know i had to work in the bank during the day and had my daughter at night and then i had to when everyone was asleep that's when i had to work so that kind of reminded me of that and for whatever reason you know just doing a store reignited a, a this passion in me and um i just feel a bit more passionate about life right now and yeah and i think uh yeah it's like art is is an expression of that of that emotion so it's cool man like i you know if you do live in wellington or you know if you ever do visit i encourage you guys to see it um it's not like you know it's not like revolutionary in a sense but i guess it's an embodiment of a lot of the stuff that we're talking about yeah definitely yeah. and I, I see you as you as an artist in quite a few forms you know you have um art in the traditional form of like paint and paper and pencil uh you also design clothing you know that can be seen as a form of art um you also have you know i i aware that you make beats sometimes right you used to make music yeah. doubling that a bit um and like just a topic of today seems to be like 
the chat around like psychedelics or just like just stuff to enhance creativity and um you know i'd love to just chat on like some of your experiences with that when it comes to your creative process um in art of all forms yeah i used to um back back in the in the day in the early days like i used to you know need to think i needed to say smoke marijuana to mm-hmm. tap into that um you know tap into this kind of you know this deep when i used to do art back in the day i used to i used to have to go dark like mm-hmm. dark places and i think i was just dark back then right and i think a lot of that came out of my work it was like cool but i look at back i look back on it i still like it and enjoy it but mm-hmm. it just evokes that emotion of, of darkness whereas mm-hmm. like now i i don't know, i like to do stuff when i'm happy which yeah. is quite quite a nice space but on the on the on the form of psychedelics like i think that um you know it's a powerful powerful medicine and i think that um you know i can't i don't want to speak into it too much in the sense where i don't i want to promote it or encourage people mm-hmm. to do it because i also don't know enough about it but yeah from my small experiences like um you know probably six weeks ago i uh i found i found some shrooms on my property and then i got an id on it and i was like okay i'll just yeah microdose on this mm-hmm. twi- what i thought was a microdose and yeah. i took some and then i felt a wave and i was like but i was in a real good space as well yeah. and, I t- I fit, and i felt like i'd kind of done it done prior to doing this i felt like i'd done a lot of soul cleansing and yeah. healing emotional healing and a lot of those wounds had been kind of you know I-, I dealt with them and then i did this felt a wave and i was like oof uh shit okay it's pretty strong it's 11 o'clock in the morning i should eat something <laughs> shit i haven't eaten because I, I i fast every day yeah so i cooked myself a steak and then woof found it again i was oh, like shit. ah shit like am i is this is this <laughs> is this doing what it's giving me the early warning signs of doing and yeah. then i uh took some charcoal pills to try absorb it woof came oh, again fuck. and at this point it was like full yeah some the mushrooms had kicked in yeah yeah fully. and um i was like fuck this is uh this is intense and i was like listen to music and it was a beautiful summer's day and then mm-hmm. where i live in my house like um i've got heaps of uh uh sun sunroofs mm. um what do you call them Sunlight yeah, I think sunroofs yeah. yeah sunroofs so just light just comes in all throughout my house and um it was like everything was kind of glowing and uh and then what happened is I was like, I was listening to music, but I was like, oh man, this is too intense. Um, and I was like, I was like sat down to probably do a bit of journaling or doodling. This is too intense. Yeah. Went outside. This is too intense. And I was kind of like, just, I guess like battling, battling with what was going on. And then what happened is it's like something popped in my mind. It's just like, okay, this is, uh, this is kind of, this, this psilocybin is coming on this, this medicine uh you just gotta ride with it mm-hmm. and then where i live i'm surrounded i got five acres and i've got a lot of bush around me a lot of native bush and i just started walking into my my forest wow. but i couldn't stand still i had to keep <laughs> moving and i was just going around and i was thinking and then all this shit started coming up which i felt i dealt with but it was just some leftover i guess some emotional baggage mm-hmm. that i hadn't quite dealt with yeah, and right. it all came up and a lot of it was to do with like self-forgiveness mm-hmm. and um and self-appreciation and forgiving myself for not loving myself and you know all this introspective stuff and um and then i i just had to ride through this and it was for probably two three hours of just 
in the bush and thinking about it and just embracing wow. it and leaning into it and i think once again like i'm not condoning this yeah, yeah. but this is just my experience you asked the question yeah yeah, um, yeah. i yeah i i fully embraced it and it just came over me and then afterwards afterwards i felt this like state of euphoria because i felt like i went deep into a place where i probably wouldn't have been able to tap into yeah um say in the natural state maybe yeah. i could have but i yeah i i couldn't because i didn't even know it existed and then I, I felt like a state of euphoria for like weeks on and after and then funnily enough as those weeks after that's when i started to feel like this this urge to be creative mm -hmm. create more creative again um and this year i always felt i always felt that you know my contribution to say like the success of i love ugly if it was just creative creative since it came so naturally to me it wasn't legit mm -hmm. um and the psilocybin made me realize that this is actually legit and it's a special gift embrace it and then um now especially in the last six months i've really wanted to embrace that gift because yeah. i know that a gift unused goes wasted yeah and i just really want to embrace that and i just really try to get out and that whole thing before about the masculine always thinking with my head mm -hmm. i started to just like go with what i was feeling in my soul and my heart and um and a lot of this stuff's come out and now i'm just like just it seems like a part of me is kind of woken up ideas and um you're doing art and being creative it's it's amazing you know and i see it in my youngest son uh archie and he's very much like me and i just really want to embrace that but it's also reminding me to be like him yeah to, to, to be like that and don't ever try to suppress a part of you that wants to come out and express itself yeah and a lot of people do because they may not deem it as legitimate but actually mm -hmm. it's fully legit i think the world needs more creatives i think it makes the world it makes the world better it makes it world more interesting and um yeah i think it's like a real good thing so obviously um you know so much of humans and like how we are and how we act is actually um determined by what we put in our body and it goes to show by what you say about you know how psychedelic psychedelics were able to open up this whole other side of your subconscious that you weren't able to kind of like reveal while just living everyday natural life um maybe a bit like off topic but but i see a similar thing with kind of just like the food that we put in our body and, and what we choose to ingest and you know vitamins and, and minerals and you know what we drink um you know are, are you quite selective about your diet and you know how you fuel your body yeah yeah very very selective like obviously i know you personally know that but from yeah an audience that doesn't know me i'll probably yeah they'll probably find it fascinating or weird or whatever but i just think that um yeah you got to be you got to be so selective about what you put in your body because that is fuel and if you're putting shitty fuel inside an engine eventually that engine is gonna blow up mm -hmm. or break down or it's gonna fail you in one one way shape or form or eventually um, and I view the body like that and the food you put into your body is um, that's that's basically fuel and I think it changes your emotional state your physical state you look but different you know you have a certain glow to you mm -hmm. your thoughts your emotions a lot of that stuff is obviously it's not just food but a food is a huge contributor to you yeah but I'm um yeah I'm, I'm, I'm all for that like I intermittent fast every day mm -hmm. so from 8 p.m 
8 p.m. nighttime till the next day till say 1 p.m. I don't eat anything. I just have water. Um, but in the morning, I've done other podcasts in this. I have like I have a black coffee or I have a bulletproof coffee, yep. which is MCT oil with uh, organic butter. If you can't get organic, it just doesn't matter. Yeah. And then um, so I do that, and that's just like good fats and ketones and whatnot. And then I have a whole, whole stack of supplements. Like I'll take zinc, B vitamins. Um, I will take some 5-HTP. I will take you know a bunch of maybe p- potentially nootropics. Like I cycle mm-hmm. in and out of it as well, just depending what I'm doing. If I've got like a high pressure, say month or whatever, I'll do some nootropic stacking and, and whatnot. Can you just explain to someone who doesn't know what nootropics, nootropics is? is like say like a smart drug. So it's not like a it's not like a pharmaceutical drug. It's mm-hmm. like a say like a herbal. Like say right. for example, which is all completely legal. It's yeah, not yeah, illegal. Yeah like uh, Siberian ginseng or mm-hmm. rhodiola, mm-hmm. where it will you know, calm your nervous system, or ashwagandha, it will calm your nervous system, yet it will still, you'll still remain in that flow state yep. as well. So you can concentrate for high levels of, um, you know, for long, long periods of time at a high level. So I, I, I do that stuff, but once again, I cycle in and out. Mm-hmm. I take vitamin D, um, most more recently, if it's beautiful weather, I'll make sure that I'm working at home and I'll ground myself, so I'll just mm-hmm. like, be bare feet on the grass and I will just soak up vitamin D because vitamin D people would actually know but most human beings nowadays are deficient in it yeah. and it's actually a hormone and it actually changes your whole biochemistry as well and I think for men especially it increases testosterone. Yeah. Testosterone for men is life. Mm-hmm. You know, It makes you feel full of vitality and health and just makes you feel good and strong mm-hmm. and energetic and um, that's a good fuck. Ask anyone to me that sounds like yes, like that's all you mean. want to be in. Yeah. So that that combined with obviously exercise and movement is a is a great combination. But I um yeah that's something that I'm really really big on and um yeah I'm I'm glad glad I am and I I, I also see people that have really shitty diets and mm-hmm. they wonder why they feel shit and it's because well you're feeding your body shit you know yeah absolutely. but at the same time it's it's, it's like a balance like I still love you know go out have a burger and yeah. live life and be a normal human being yeah. but primarily that's that's how i eat just low low carb and it's not like keto or this shit it's just like that's how my body my body responds best to it and mm-hmm. i think most human beings bodies respond good to like a higher fat um i never calorie count mm-hmm. i never measure it's just like sweet i just eat until i feel satiated yep. and as a result of not eating packaged food or breads or pastas or s- ingredients that I don't even know how to pronounce, you feel <laughs> feel good. You know, you yeah. sleep deep and quick, and you have more energy, and you wake up easier. And that Definitely. combined with cold showers, and yeah, it's a it's a great combination. There, eh? it's pretty yeah. simple, man. Like, pretty simple. And um, obviously, you had a stage in your life where you know you're kind of doing the opposite. It sounds like you weren't getting the greatest sleep. You were eating junk food, you know. You were smoking weed a lot. Um, like, how w- would you say there's a bit of a night and day difference compared to then and now? Night and day, man. Like I've never ever since that time fallen into a deep state of depression like I was back then. Um, if I do experience a calamity or some some adversities, um, I understand that this is just an emotional reaction mm-hmm. and it's not me. Therefore, I don't react to it, and also my moods are far more stabilized. You don't have as such, a, like you see these people that drink multiple coffees a day, eat heaps of sugar, 
and they just their blood sugar levels spike and they just react they're mm-hmm. very reactive people um and that's because it's like their body responding because they're all their blood levels and everything's just so out of whack and mm-hmm. it's just like they deal with they have a little bit of stress and they just fucking freak out and you don't even want to approach them yeah but um if you have like you know i think diet and lifestyle can fix a lot of those say flaws and in, in that you know if you have that type of character 100%. it's like yeah a lot of people say oh it's just me it's just me it's just who i am but yeah maybe it is to a degree but at the same time as well as like food if you view, view food like medicine and fuel I, I think you start having a different, you start becoming very conscious about what you put inside, inside you. Yeah. You know, shit food's going to yield shit results. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that stuff's epic and that's something I've never, yeah, and you know, I've never really gone off track track with. It's just not even a diet. It's just my lifestyle. Yeah. Um, yeah, and everyone else that is on that same wavelength, I've, you see the results in them too, and not just healthy people. And yeah, yeah. it's good, good being around those people. Totally, and like people who make the excuse that say it's like, oh, it's just me, it's just how I act if they're like getting real stressed and wound up real easily. It's like if, you, if you're combining that with a shitty diet, you're not making it any better. Totally, bro. Yeah, and you know this, right? Yeah. And there's so many amazing remedies like cold showers, mm-hmm. you know? If you've got stress and anxiety, have a cold shower. Just get off your fucking computer and get out of the artificial air and the artificial light and go for a walk around the block, get some yeah. sunshine, you know? Man, take your shirt off, just lie in the sun naked. Like, <laughs> actual, you know, just if you some, can. Yeah, yeah. If, just, just do it, man. Yeah. Like, it uh, sounds weird, but fuck you, you. Yeah, you feel good. You yeah. feel vibrant. Like, yeah. And I think it's like we should all strive to feel vibrant and yeah. high energy and try yeah, to spirit. be as happy as we can. Yeah. 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 Um, and also, like, I, I think you're like me. You see quite a bit of an importance in like just going out and like lifting heavy weights, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I, I think there's no better ways than to get like a bit of a pump and a bit of blood Definitely. rushing through through your blood and your muscles and stuff. I agree. And also, there's so many um, scientific studies now associated with like lifting and longevity, yeah. and um, it, it slows down a lot of aging. Uh, a lot of diseases can be avoided and slowed down by doing that. I don't do say say heavy weights as such now i do a lot of kettle kettlebells mm. kettlebell workouts which i i like for a number of reasons it's like for me it's like i've haven't had any injuries because i yeah, actually true. when i was lifting i had a lot of my shoulders yeah uh used to fuse up i don't have that now nice. um and then uh also convenience as well just with my lifestyle and with yeah, three true. kids and especially when i got three kids by myself for four or five days yeah. um like solo parenting for half yeah. half the week it's like i need to have a little bit of safe flexibility. Yeah. So for that, it's been me, and I feel like you know, I feel like I'm some of the best shape like I've, I've been, and I'm mm-hmm. thirty, just turned thirty-seven. Um, you know, and that's like epic. Just your own body weights, and that's another thing, right? So other people use excuses. Oh, it's too hard, and the gym's expensive, and it's too far. And it's like motherfucker, you don't need a gym. Yeah, you just need to stop making excuses and turn that TV off and just do some push-ups, do mm. some sit-ups. I guarantee you there's a million YouTube videos out there to show you how to do a workout regime with no no weights at home. Yeah, It's just excuses. And a lot of people love excuses because it gives them an excuse not to do something. Yeah, But really, it's like you can have all the resources in the world, and um, but if you've still got that excuse, you ain't going to be able to, you ain't going to get shit done. 
and that's the cool thing about the world we live in today as well it's just like there's little hacks and there's ways to do everything yeah very cost effectively yeah um and even gyms nowadays you can get memberships for nine dollars a yeah. week yeah city fitness like, is like five bucks a week five bucks a week man who, who can't afford that yeah 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 you're, you're kidding me if you can't yeah <laughs> usually the people that say they can't afford something that's gonna make themselves better and prioritize their health health are the ones that spend all their money on garbage mm. you know yeah just got absolutely. the order of priorities incorrect literally it's just priorities yeah um yeah bro as someone who you know works out does um productive stuff reads a lot of books runs a business how, how do you find time to even you know look after three kids and just just be a father um once again priorities right yeah. and i think that i used to operate um i used to operate this thing where i'd give say work or whatever 110 percent, and i'd have zero percent left in the gas tank for when i came home for the most important thing mm-hmm. which is raising kids and then after I had this divorce, I I was like, nah, I'm gonna do 50% custody and I'm gonna prioritize my children. Mm-hmm. And they also it also made me realize what is the most important thing. Yeah. You can have, honestly, you can have millions in the bank. You can be, drive for nice cars, you can do all that. But if your kids don't have respect for you, um, or they don't like you, or they don't want to be like you with you. You're you're a failure. Yeah. And I was never at that point, thankfully. But um, but now, but it made me really realize it's like you know, it's like KVs. They're only young once. We're all only young once, mm-hmm. and they grow quickly. So it's just like the better job I do of raising them now, the better quality lives they will be. They they, they will have, and also the better relationships we'll have later. Yeah. I think my dad did a real good job of us. It's like he's got say six children, still still wow. my mum. You know, we still all hang out there. You yeah. know, nearly every other Sunday, willingly. Yeah. Um, and he's got good relationships with every single one of us. Huh. And then you see some other dads or whatever, and then they're like respected in the community, and they've got this like this facade that they got their shit together mm-hmm. but their kids don't want to be within 20 like 100 miles of them you know because yeah. they can't stand them they've got no respect Definitely. so who's 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 more successful yeah who's the real yeah. one it's like who's who's the actual one i think for yeah for me it's just a priority it's just like my kids when i have them yeah they're, they're, they're a priority and then everything else almost becomes secondary actually it's not actually my kids it's like me first yeah and because um, the thing is, is like the better I am and the the more, say, I work on myself, the more I can give to them. So it's like myself first and foremost, because if I basically go to shit, then I'm no good to them, right? But if I prioritize them and put myself second, then um, it's also not, not good, not healthy, and I can't be an example to them. Yeah. So I prioritize myself first, and then I do them. Yeah, and some people may seem, deem that as selfish, but... I also seen uh, some people that prioritize their kids and worship the ground that their kids mm. walk walk on, and the kids end up like it's too much indulgence, it's yep. too spoiled, and then entitlement, entitlement, and they think their shit doesn't stink, and at the same time the person, the, the parents burnt out yep. from sacrificing themselves for the kids. So yeah, I think right. it's a real balance. Yeah. So yeah, myself first and foremost, kids, and then uh, everything else in life, you know, health health is the ultimate wealth 100 yeah. percent. you know i heard a good thing once it was just like you got to be selfish to be selfless yeah i think it plays on that same concept that you're saying if you look after yourself make sure you're healthy and happy yeah then you actually have room to give to others Agreed, um, man. whereas you know if you're trying to put others above you you can only do that for so long before yeah. like you say you're burnt out 
Um, but you know, I, I hear a lot about your kids. You talk about them all the time. It sounds like they're accomplishing a lot of stuff. They're mm. you know out in surfing competitions and stuff. Like, do you get to do a lot of that with them and just train them and you know go skating with them and stuff? Yeah, yeah, I do as much as much as I can, and at the same time, it's kind of cool applying all these like say this this mindset stuff to, to your kids and seeing yeah. them implemented. And at first, they you know that whole law of familiarity it's like what you're most familiar with you actually take for most granted yeah you know it's like you see you often see these like i'm not saying i'm in this category but you see these successful people and their kids are like fucking up in a way and you're like why don't you just listen to your mom or listen mm. to your dad and do what they did because that's but you just you just don't you take it for granted right mm-hmm. but i think i've been pretty pretty blessed where i've just been planting seeds and i think the best example was you can be you know you're the best role model in what you do and your actions rather than what you say and yeah. i think they just see me apply a lot of what i kind of talk about and apply it to my own life and they mm-hmm. see all the see they see the results of it, it yields and it just subconsciously brushes off on them yeah. um but yeah my daughter's getting to surf comps and yeah my son's got his little little businesses and you know, he's nice. 10 years old and he's in surfing but you just start to yeah you just start to like sweep by getting it start to plant the seed and just yeah. be be careful in general like kids are kids are super receptive and super moldable as well but at the same time it's like if you come on too strong with your own beliefs you can also it can also be put off you yep. and then um you kind of lose that trust but i think if you can gain that trust let them you know allow them to like i'll let you on a bit with your weird ways and then explain to them and that's the f- cool thing about kids is like you have to explain in kids language what something is and why mm-hmm. and it forces you to start to distill down your concepts further and just mm-hmm. simplify them even more i think if you try to get into this word salad of reasons why something works they get confused you get confused and it's obviously not a refined idea so kids allow you to do that yeah. which is cool man yeah yeah I recommend if you yeah anyone that's got kids to have kids <laughs> it's sorry anyone that doesn't have kids to have some kids and, yeah yeah it sounds rewarding and you know you even talk about like how, how some of them are becoming like artists like yeah. yourself like yeah just talk about that for a bit yeah man like i think um it's you know when you when a when a kid is something and you see yourself in a kid and in, in one of your kids and um and you're like oh crap they've got like they've got this little special thing that i yeah. had but yeah when you can embrace that man and encourage that like it's just unbelievable how far they can take take that talent i was really blessed where my mom was super encouraging mm-hmm. with me and she saw this talent within me that i maybe not didn't quite see or um i didn't quite believe that it was say legitimate or mm-hmm. could be legitimate but she yeah. had this amazing ability to see these talents and extrapolate these talents and really nurture them with encouragement sometimes it's too encouraging and you almost like too much encouragement you start taking for granted and you're like oh whatever you always say that but yeah yeah um but yeah my 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 youngest son's like pretty amazing artist and i've just tried to really um yeah embrace that as well yeah and then even putting stuff i'll like get some of his drawings and i'll take a photo and i'll put it on photoshop on a t-shirt yeah or like a hoodie and show him that like can do this and yeah just to make something in his brain be like oh wow okay that's pretty cool this isn't just like a waste of a drawing on paper i can yeah. actually you know bring this to the world and people can wear it and that's like a real buzz for them as well yeah um and that's something you know you can do that in all ways shapes or form for for everything it's just like 
you know, if you want to be a if you want to be a, a writer, a legitimate writer, just start putting little bits of writing of your writing out there mm. on Instagram and just putting it out, putting it out. If you're an artist, just put it out and you know, people will start to like it and if they don't like it, it doesn't matter. And so what Tom Guild said is like it's like put your work out there, do stuff for what you want to do, mm-hmm. personal to you. And then as a result, like, um, you know, people may, it may resonate with some people and people are going to gravitate towards your work. And then you may start to get opportunities, be present, present themselves to you that you otherwise wouldn't, wouldn't have if you hadn't Mm. put it out there. There's so many amazing, talented closet artists and musicians and athletes and all that that no one knows about. Um, it's because they don't have the courage to put themselves out there. I think putting yourselves out, out there is like. If you want to be like that, if you want to be recognized and make a career, I think it's super important. Um, just do it, you know? Yeah. I reckon everyone's got skills, but a lot of people are too afraid of judgment from others, um, which is a shame, you know? Yeah, bro. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I was actually just going to bring that up, how Tom was saying that, like, if, if you want to have your work recognized eventually, if you want to make connections start by just doing the work instead of hoping that people will come to you because that's such an impossible wish like no one's going to know about you if they haven't seen your work um and it just actually makes me think and reflect kind of like upon my time at iou now that i'll be kind of wrapping up at the end of this year and it's really funny because i I love ugly was my dream company to work at when i was like yeah it's wild 13 14 15 and you know 16 and i was just trying to get a job in like the new market store or something and like i just couldn't and um i was like you know what i'll do to prove myself i'll start my own clothing brand yeah and then i did that and then i did that for like a few years and then i moved to canada and then you know i got my brand stocked in like new york and japan and then i i came back to new zealand and was still doing my brand and then a position finally opened up at i love ugly just like an entry-level position you know facebook advertising I had marginal experience Facebook advertising, but I decided to gun for it. And I think probably one of the the key things that got me the role at I Love Ugly was the fact that I had a bit of Facebook advertising experience, which was from starting my own brand, yeah. which got my foot in the door. And then from there, I was able to prove myself and you know, <clears throat> work myself up to like a managerial position yeah. um, where I get to, you know, basically overlook all facets of the brand before uh, collateral goes out. Yeah, and it's just like it's the perfect example I think of just if you want something you just have to make your own run for it even if it seems atypical even if it's not by the rule book Um, it's it's probably going to sound crazy to a lot of people but you you just got to go for it I agree man I agree it's like yeah you just yeah you got to take got to take action right and um, and you know just motion so move do it yeah try it if it doesn't work out, adjust. Go back to the drawing board. Keep going. Just keep keep going. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of people just they they stop when it gets hard, or they haven't landed their dream job, or whatever. And it's just yeah. like, yeah, that patience, the persistence, the perseverance, the constant self improvement, the assessment. And I know it sounds like very, like uh, it just sounds hard, and it is hard. Mm. But the thing is, is like you don't get. You don't get the, the the big rewards and the amazing rewards without experiencing mm. a little bit of hard, you know. Hard is fucking part of part yeah. of life, right? Yeah. You don't build muscle 
being comfortable. Mm. <laughs> you are, you know, you you don't get smarter if you don't have to challenge in the way your you know perspective or problem solving. Um, yeah, it's all it's all part of it. You just need to resistance is actually something that should not be fought. It should be embraced, and it should be something that's actually like every time you feel as if something is hard, um, as opposed to just kind of giving up. It's just like lean into that, mm. you know lean into that because you know you're building muscle in one one way shape or form you know metaphorically speaking physically speaking as well um just yeah just lean into that and obviously you're you know you understood those concepts and you're a testament to it and you're listening to the isle of Agri yeah i mean i had a one-up on a lot time, of people right? yeah the, before yeah, yeah. i started was you know i'd been listening to the iou podcast i was obsessed with the brand you know so yeah. I had a head start because I was really, you know, warmed up to so much yeah. self-development stuff so that I really only had one option. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. And now, you know, look at the results that, that, that you've yielded as well. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, man, it's, um, yeah, it's interesting, eh? Life is interesting. So funny like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it kind of reminds me of just that, that quote. I know I'm a quote monster. I just keep bringing them up. I love quotes. <laughs> you know, easy choices, hard life. Hard yeah. choices, easy life. Yeah. And it's something you've spoken about recently. I've seen it on your Instagram stories. It's like the tougher you are on yourself each day, like the easier your life becomes. Yeah, of course, man. Yeah, and also the hard road you pick now is the easy road later down the track. Mm -hmm. The more sacrifices you make now, the easier life is down the track. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like if you've got... Um, I was having a conversation with my business partner this morning and we were just talking about like how a lot of people, um, you know, they, they think they need to have like, they need to earn a certain amount of money before they can begin building your wealth. Mm -hmm. But it's actually like, if you're, it's the habits that you have now, no matter how much money you have or, or anything like that, it's like the habits you build now are going to be the habits that you take into, into the future. So it's just like if you're, stupid with the small things you're going to be stupid with the big things mm -hmm. so all money's going to do is amplify the habits in the person that you already are mm -hmm. so if you if you don't earn much money if you earn like 40 grand a year 50 grand a year you still you can still take a little bit of that say 10 percent, and start plant, planting some seeds and some investments into mm -hmm. something else so yes you're going to sacrifice you know uh, like a nicer car or a few pairs of shoes brand new of the latest releases of shoes that yeah, yeah coffee's but out every day coffee's out but you're uh but at the same time as well as you're planting for you know you're planting for tomorrow the mm. tree that you sit under today that gives you fruit and bears you shade is because someone planted that seed 10 years ago mm -hmm. and i think you can just look at that look at look at look at life through that lens through you know or in regards to your health your wealth everything it's just like plant plant the seeds make for sacrifice and um it's gonna it's just gonna make life so much better later yeah. down the track and it's even like with i love ugly like it's 15 fucking years man like i know a lot of people a lot of brands are blowing up in six years or four years or three years um for me it took 15 years mm -hmm. and um you know we had some big huge ups some huge downs you know we went you know right now it's like a not even boasting but it's like a high eight-figure business that's you know profitable and it's just it's tight you know it's, yeah, it's tight growing and it's growing we still got our challenges um but it's also a reminder that i'm alive and i'm still operating in this thing called life those are good but it's just like it takes a lot of sacrifice and a lot of patience and a lot of persistence and 
that perseverance and that self-reflection and those making those changes and asking you know asking people who you trust for like quality feedback as well even though you know that it's going to probably hurt you don't want you don't want people just to tell you what you want to hear you want people to tell you what you don't want to hear mm-hmm. so then you can kind of go back and yeah make those necessary changes but um but yeah man all about it's all about the sacrifice now but at the same time as well it's like you don't need to live a life of just making sacrifices it's all balance, balance. i've really learned that as well because i think balance allows you to have that strength to endure those difficult parts of life if mm-hmm. you're constantly if you're constantly kind of living on that living on the side of like hustle 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 burn out burn out, you're just going to burn out mm-hmm. and you'll burn the fuck out like you'll burn into ashes yeah. and you actually won't be able to resurrect yourself from that totally. so i think balance is really good and booking in booking in some space before you actually think you need it mm-hmm. i've become very very good at that now mm-hmm. like prior up until three years ago i'd never had a break longer than two weeks wow. and 10 years yeah and then i started take, taking school holidays off and then taking like new year's periods off and now i'm like you know i want to take a month off in january and i want to take another mm-hmm. month off mid-year and i want to book in a whole bunch of three four days and yeah um i think it's great it just allows you to you know i i, I read somewhere where well, a guy said he's like make as much money as you can in life but try do it and only working 20 hours a week mm. you know i think if it's like if the if the, if hard work made you king of the jungle then the donkey would be the king of the jungle mm. but he's not mm. yeah it's the lion yeah and he doesn't he doesn't you know do what a donkey does yeah he's just like just very very calculated in his approach of doing stuff and when he yeah. does stuff it's very fucking effective yeah and he's the king you know what i mean mm. so i think it's probably a probably a good way to wrap it up eh? yeah bro um <laughs> i mean i think one one last thing I'd love to touch on is just kind of like what are, what are some exciting next steps for the brand that uh, you know our customers can community can look forward to within the next few months or year. Yeah, I think I think we we just um, I just signed a lease for another new store. Um, I don't want to say where yet, and probably want to do two more stores next year, which is really cool in cities outside of Auckland as well. Um, I think we want to, it's our 15 year anniversary next year and I want to do something pretty special for that. Still kind of tinkering around that, what that would be, but I want to make it pretty special because I don't know how much more I've got in me for this brand. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just feel, I think I've spoken about it before. I think there's chapters in life and maybe this is, you know, I've kind of, I don't know. I don't know. I just think for me, it's just, I want to do something special, go yeah. off a bit of a bang. Um, yeah more diversity in, in in the products and what we do um collaborations what's that collaborations yeah collaborations for sure we're talking to a few cool companies but collaborations at the moment are hard because we mm. work so fast and yeah. we've got such a streamline a lot of a lot of these other companies kind of work in the yesterday's model you know um but still it can't be an excuse um I'd love to make this podcast way more regular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think next year I'd love to do like maybe a personal art exhibition, mm-hmm. something along those lines. It's been on my list of goals for a few years, but it's just been a bit of, yeah, other stuff has kind of taken priority. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's it from kind of a brand, for brand kind of point of view. And no, just, it's heaps of exciting stuff yeah, to look forward just to. Just try to be better and live better and become better every day. Yeah, bro. All right, appreciate you coming on. You mean? Know?
Spitting facts. Yeah, yeah. Call that a wrap. Yeah, man. That's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs>